Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello, this is Comic Book Tales, issue number seven. And today we're going to talk about DC versus Marvel. Uh, on this comic podcast, I specifically deal with Marvel because that's my passion. Uh, but DC does exist, and they're quite a large company. And there's, there's people have been asking me, why don't you talk about DC at all? And I may in the future get into some DC characters. Um, but for now, let's, let's talk about DC versus Marvel. I'm a little biased. I'm probably going to side on the side of Marvel. But I want to give you the history of each, some of the major points of each, and let you help decide for yourself. Uh, if you choose to watch, uh, read Marvel comics, that's great. If you choose to read DC comics, that's great too. Uh, the more comics you read, the more comics there are to explore in the future. So it's just expanding the market, and that's a great thing. So let's get right into it. Uh, the history of both companies. Uh, you'll be shocked to know this, but neither one was founded as DC Comics or as Marvel Comics. Uh, DC Comics was founded in 1934 as National Allied Publications. They went later on to merge with Detective Comics in 1944, but officially didn't become known as DC Comics until 1977. Okay? That's key because it doesn't really, nobody knew them as DC Comics officially uh, in the public until 1977, although by the early 1940s they were calling themselves Superman, Batman, or DC, or it was generally in the industry known as DC, even though they weren't called DC. Uh, Marvel Comics, on the other hand, was founded in 1939 as Timely Comics and didn't actually become Marvel Comics until 1961. Same publisher just kept following the times, changing the name to suit the times. Uh, in the 50s, they were called Atlas Comics. So you see Atlas, Timely, and Marvel, and it's synonymous with the same company, uh, which is a little strange. DC went on to build their empire through the purchase of a lot of other companies like Fawcett, uh, where they got Captain Marvel, uh, just things like that that didn't really exist in DC. They just kind of bolted them on, whereas Marvel was more, more in-house creation. So there are two different ways of building the company and building their characters, um, but that that's what it is. Uh, not to say Marvel hasn't purchased things, but for the most part, they are almost entirely in-house. All right, major titles and, and the first publication of those titles. So we look at DC, Batman. Uh, published in May of 1939 as Detective Comics number 27. Similar to what we've talked about with some other comics in the Marvel Universe, Detective Comics didn't start out with Batman. Uh, there were other issues, different storylines, but in issue number 27, Batman was introduced in May of 1939. Also, Superman introduced in Action Comics number 1 in June of 1938. Wonder Woman, All-Star Comics, December 1941. Okay, so you see some of the major characters... For DC in the late 30s, early 40s. Uh, Marvel, most recognizable characters. Spider Man, he was introduced in Amazing Fantasy number 15 in August 1962, as we talked about in our first podcast. Uh, the second one was Fantastic Four in the Fantastic Four number one, November 1961. Avengers in the Avengers number one, September 1963. And X Men in X Men number one, September 1963 as well. So um, about 20 years or so later, 20-plus years later, uh, Marvel kind of got into the game. So that brings us to 
terms you might have heard bantered around golden age, silver age, bronze age, modern age. Um, let's deal with the first three, golden age, silver age, and bronze age. The golden age began with the introduction of Superman in Action Comics number one. Surprisingly, not with the introduction of Batman uh, a couple months earlier. Uh, but this incorporates Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern for DC. For Marvel, when they were functioning as timely comics, this included Captain America, the Human Torch, and the Submariner. Now, don't confuse the Human Torch from the Fantastic Four with the Human Torch from the 1940s, two totally different characters. Uh, they do coexist to a point in the Marvel Universe, but that's something we'll discuss later when we get to the Fantastic Four. Um, what you need to be aware of, these, this was uh, Golden Age was really about DC Comics predominantly. It really wasn't uh, a Marvel world. I mean, though there were some comics, it wasn't really what you uh, consider Marvel inclusive. Uh, Silver Age, 1956 to 1970. Uh, Marvel kind of introduced their own age of Marvel or the sub-Silver Age in 1961 with the introduction of the Fantastic Four. For the Marvel world, the Silver Age began with the Fantastic Four introduction in 1961. Prior to that, they really weren't a big player. They were barely scraping by and hardly had any money, uh, constantly threatened with bankruptcy. So the Silver Age began in 1956. Still had Batman, still had Superman, still had Wonder Woman, uh, that kind of thing. Bronze Age. While there's no specific event that led to, boom, this is the Bronze Age, it was a changing of shifted how comics were written, how they were presented. Some of the major artists uh, left and went to other companies or retired. you got to remember, the, the Golden Age started in the 40s, so by the 70s, some of these guys had been writing for 30 years. They were, they were ready to retire. So this was really an opportunity for a change of pace. It went from, and if you look back at those comics from pre-1970 to post-1970, and it's not an exact number, uh, you will find that much of those, the, the wording in those comics, the topics, uh, the things they dealt with uh, were very different. Um, uh, drug use was starting to be discussed in the comics in the 70s. Um, suicide, uh, the war, the everything. Uh, it's it's just very different. So you, you really have to uh, understand what you There was no protest, no hippie protests, for the most part, in the comics prior to 1970, but became much more prominent, uh, more culturally aware. It's probably the best way to look at that. Um, what most people don't realize is prior to the... 1970s, uh, Batman actually carried a gun. Uh, you wouldn't see him in the movies with a gun. You wouldn't see him in the comics today with a gun, but he carried a gun. Uh, the early early Batman had a gun. So it was definitely a difference between those two, and if you ever go back and read those, you'll find huge, huge differences. So when we talk about the artists, and we got to the Bronze Age, modern age is anything past the mid-1980s uh, till today, and it's very different. Uh, the huge proliferation. At some point, we'll talk about some of that, but not in this podcast today. Uh, when we talk about these these uh, artists and writers of these this two companies, you really have to understand there's some very influential people. Uh, I can't give you specifics of who was at Marvel, who was at DC, because frankly, a lot of these artists and writers would go back and forth uh, frequently. Uh, sometimes they'd be at Marvel for a period of time. They wouldn't like how they were getting paid, so they go over to DC. And they wouldn't get like how they, the control they had at DC, so they go back to Marvel. So there was a lot of – they were both based in New York City at the time, so it was really easy for these guys to go back and forth. And they were paid piecemeal. 
And I think that's something to very, very understanding here. The company, Marvel and DC, both paid per page, whether it was, writ- whether it was writing or art. Okay, So you're paid per page or piecemeal basis. Uh, and everything you did was owned by the company. So there was huge controversy with Jack Kirby because he created a lot of characters in the Marvel Universe that he was never compensated for when they became successful. He was paid like an employee, but he never got the creative uh, recognition uh, that he probably deserved. And sometimes he wasn't even given credit for having created them. Um, it's a it's a controversial topic. I tend to feel like if you're employed by a company and they pay you, what you give them is theirs. Uh, but in the creative scheme of things, some people don't always agree with that. So a lot of comp- a lot of artists and writers have left um, have left the companies because they didn't have their creative control. And I think that's uh, really something you need to be aware of. Uh, when I give these lists, you'll recognize a lot of these names. So the first writers first, uh, one through five, top one through five, and I've given you a list here on the show notes. You can really look it up and see uh, for the other 50. Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, Neil Gaiman, Frank Miller, and Stan Lee. That's the pantheon of the top five most influential writers in comics. The artists are one, Jack Kirby, Frank Quietly, George Perez, or Perez as he likes to say, John Byrne, and Neil Adams. Again, very influential. You may disagree with this list, but the reality is these all were influential in making comics what they are today. So the question becomes, which is better? And it's not a question that any one person can answer. You, you can have your preference. You can have your choice, but it doesn't make yours right and somebody else's wrong. Uh, I like to say fan preference plays a huge role in this. DC is a much older brand as a comic company. And it's more established and has a huge history to draw on. So for that reason, a lot of people associate, uh, if you're older especially, with, with DC. Uh, if you were alive in the 60s, you, you remember the, DC, the, the Batman uh, TV show. Uh, you remember the Superman serials from the 50s and the 40s, you know, the Batman movies from the 40s. You remember those things. Marvel didn't exist in, in the pantheon of anybody's mindset until mid-60s and beyond, really. Um, so they had a lot more to go. Up until the last 10 years, it really was a DC world, and Marvel was just living in it. They were constantly on the brink of, of uh, bankruptcy. They were uh, shoestringing it along. They weren't part of a big company. DC is owned by Time Warner, so they, not always, but they are currently. Uh, and up until Marvel became part of uh, Disney, it was really hard for them to put together a budget. If you notice, they've licensed out a lot of characters. Spider-Man got licensed to Sony. Uh, Paramount picked up the X-Men from a movie standpoint. So that's why they're not even controlled by the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe at this point. Uh, Marvel's come on strong since being purchased by Disney Comics, as I said. They still struggle a bit with animated. Uh, There's Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Assemble. So they've, they've done some things recently, but it's still not their strongest suit yet. Uh, but in the movies, they become huge. When we talk about uh, superhero movies, you're probably talking about... Marvel comic movies at this point. Um, the, the revival of the Superman movies in the last 10 years, there's been two, haven't really taken off. Um, the Batman movies have done well, so we can't c- criticize that, but the, the uh, Green Lantern movie was horrid. So it, it really has been a different direction. Marvel's done a better job of making a cohesive universe in which to live in. DC's trying to do the same thing. We'll see if they're successful. Uh, 
So which do I like and why? The reality is I like them both for what they are. I like the history of DC. I like the fact that it goes back to the 30s. I like the upstart nature of Marvel. I grew up on Marvel. That was what I was comfortable with. So I tend to gravitate back towards Marvel for that reason. But don't be don't be thinking that's the only way to look at things. What I find is DC is less realistic. And I know these are all fantasy. These are all comic books. Whereas in Marvel, in the Marvel Universe, the characters tend to have flaws. They have flaws which weigh them down and cause them conflict. Whereas in the DC Universe, those same flaws don't exist. They're more cardboard cutout. They changed that a little bit with the new 52 run. But it's not completely gone. It's still... It's hard to get away from that. Batman is dark and brooding, but he's not deeper than dark and brooding. He's just dark and brooding. Uh, Superman is basically every power known to man. His his weaknesses are so limited. Whereas you come to the Marvel Universe, and for the most part, they all have limits. The the, the Marvel characters have limits. They are not infallible. They are not in, omnipotent. They They don't exist outside of any real realm of possibility. They all have flaws and foibles. They, they basically don't make you feel as though you're the dumbest person in the room because, yeah, I can see that Superman. In the Marvel Universe, they're wearing costumes. Now, sometimes their alter eagles are known, and that's okay. And sometimes in the DC Universe, their alter eagles are known. But in a lot of cases, it's, it's very... You have to suspend a lot more disbelief, I believe. Um... I hope that helped. I think they're both awesome to read. I think you've got a lot of information and a lot of things to go back on. And there, there's a lot of trade paperbacks to go back and look through if you'd like. I didn't le- list any here because there's so many things you could look at. But just be aware that these are – they both have a lot of history and there's a lot to dig into. But as I said, the more you read, the more you you look at these things, the better off we will all be because there will be more for the future for us to examine and enjoy in the f- coming up. So thank you for joining me for uh, Issue 7 of DC vs. Marvel and Comic Book Tales. I'll talk to you next time. I'm Chad. Goodbye. <laughs>